You are now tuned into the School of Higher Thought podcast, where we explore the realm of personal development. We aim to upgrade your life through lessons learned from personal experience. Episodes are released every Sunday. For more updates and other empowering content, please follow our other social medias in the description below. I hope you've got your notepads ready. Classes in session. One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making a darkness conscious. Carl G. Jung. A lot of us engage in something called shadow behaviour, where our repressed emotions and our traumas, they are projected out onto other people. And an unfortunate result of that is that it damages our relationships with people. It might even cause you to lose your job because you lash out and you get angry and you just, you have an outburst and it just embarrasses you or it ruins certain opportunities for yourself. Now, a lot of this comes from your shadow. Psychiatrist Jung believes the shadow holds repressed thoughts and feelings, whether good or bad. So in essence, the shadow is a side of your personality that you repress. It contains the parts of yourself that you don't want to admit to having. You must become self-aware of this shadow in order for you to integrate and reprogram yourself. And this is the mental alchemy. This is shadow work. And there are tons of benefits to shadow work, whether it's more confidence and self-esteem, better and longer lasting relationships with others. You might even discover some talents of yours that you might not even have known was there to begin with. You know, it might be things that, you know, you was interested in when you was younger, but people told you that, you know, you couldn't do it, that you was incapable, that it was stupid and silly and it's, it's unrealistic. Things lie inside of your shadow. You know, some of you might have been bullied into believing that something wasn't cool or something was, oh, you're this and you're that if you're interested in this, you know? Take, for example, people who are seen as nerds. Oh, if you're interested in, in maths and science and comic books and animes you're a nerd and and people see that as being a negative attribution you know that's something that becomes repressed within themselves they then become something that they're not something that they're not really interested in as a response and then later on down the line they lose themselves they they tend to just forget about that experience that caused them to steer away from their original path when you engage in shadow work you have more clarity you might have more an improved sight of the things that you want to do in life your mission, your your purpose, if you want to call it that, or even the way how you engage with other people. You might have more clarity on, on your actions, interactions with other people. You will then begin to have more empathy, have more compassion, and an improved health and mental wellness. You know, if you looked into the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza, large up Dr. Joe Dispenza, I want you on the podcast, all right? I want you on the podcast. The world needs to hear your story. They need to hear your work. But moving on from that, <laughs> you have a improved health and mental wellness. You ongo the process of doing shadow work. You uncover and unravel all of these things that affect you on a subconscious level. And that causes you to alleviate symptoms of depression, anxiety, worries, and stuff like that. This, as a result, will improve your physical health, right? Because your mental health often influences your physical health because your body is put into a survival state where it begins to direct its resources to surviving rather than thriving. And as a result, you may develop some illnesses. If you want more information about that, I highly recommend you read Dr. Joe Dispenza's book, Becoming Supernatural. It completely changed my perspective of health, uh, mental wellness, everything. Honestly, it's got exercises in there to help you. This isn't an advertisement. This isn't paid. This is just me giving pure gratitude to this book and the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza. I highly recommend it. 
And most of all, the best thing out of all of the benefits that I personally see from doing shadow work is a better relationship with yourself because that is the most important relationship that you ever have in your life. That's the person who you're around every single day. That's the person who talks to you in your head every single day. That's the person who dictates your decisions and the places that you go and, you know, everything that you do. It's yourself. The person who accompanies you along the whole way of your journey regardless of every single consequence that's the person who will always have your back and will always be there to to talk to you and to really engage with you and you know do what you need to do in life so people are often afraid of their shadows they hate and condemn their shadows and this is no better than being victor frankenstein creating his monster and then shunning him because he's horrified and he thinks it's ugly and you know <laughs> and the result of that if you read the book frankenstein right if you if you're like me and you had to study that book in school this is my interpretation of it right so the result of that was the monster's rampage across germany and geneva or whatever would the story have been different if victor frankenstein had given the monster acceptance love and understanding and patience instead of running away in horror and rejecting its existence just think about that for a second if instead of running away from the monster and embracing it and then the rest of society also doing the same thing to the monster instead of driving it away. Like, for example, the monster saved that guy's door, right? She was drowning. Frankenstein's monster, he saved the child from drowning and the child's father shot him in the shoulder because he thought that he was trying to do a harm. Or, for example, the monster had found Victor Frankenstein's father or somebody and he was a blind man, so he couldn't see him. So he treated the monster with kindness. And the monster enjoyed that, you know, it felt like it was not necessarily human, but it felt accepted and it felt like it could, you know, really set base and just be normal. But then when the family came home, who weren't blind, they shunned him, they threw him out, they pretty much put him in exile. And that caused the monster to go on a rampage and then the monster ended up killing Victor Frankenstein's brother, I believe, and his wife and all of these things. You have to think about that, right? I personally believe this story is like a story of the psyche, right? So when we shun parts of our psyche and shame and guilt and fear yourself, parts of yourself that causes you to respond in undesirable ways, especially when it's unconscious, when you are unaware of these things. The shadow is a manifestation of the collection of experiences over time. Negative results can be employed by emotional distress and suffering. And this has a tendency to control people on an unconscious level or subconscious level. Let's take, for example, somebody who grew up in a household filled with conflicts, right? The parents are always arguing, they're lashing out each other, they're fighting all of the time. This could result in the development of people pleasing. It usually develops as a response to dealing with the conflict, right? One parent is angry, so you find ways to ease their anger so they don't lash out and make the other person upset or beat you or whatever it is. The other parent is upset, so you find ways to ease their sadness. You might dance around and make them laugh like Terry Crews did with his mum. You see this in his story, right? Large up, Steve Bartlett, Terry Crews, The Diary of the CEO, listen to their episode, right? You will see exactly what I mean. And you'll see this manifest in Terry Crews' story. I think his story is incredibly powerful. I highly recommend everybody listen to it. It highlights how as you grow up, you might find yourself repeating these developments in different ways. From the avoiding negotiations and arguments by giving what the other party wants, regardless of whether it's, it's favourable for you or not or whether you end up, you know, just being a pushover. That's in essence what you end up becoming. Or you might end up being angry and, and repeating what the other parent was doing. Or you might become that person who's a bit more disempowered by the things that they have experienced. Their experiences, their negative experiences and traumas end up becoming their identity. These are the type of people who's always expressing how the world is against them. They feel entitled to a certain type of treatment because they've been through things and 
they often are gloomy all of the time. They're walking around with a dark a dark cloud above their heads. This has not been developed by accident. This isn't something that you just woke up one morning and it was like that. No, it might feel that way in some instances. And it feels like you just woke up one morning and you felt like shit, but excuse my language. But most of the time, this is something that has been an accumulation of experiences. It's been an accumulation of trauma and things that you've been pushing down and neglecting. And if you had just given a bit more awareness to it at that time, and had found ways to accept and and be patient with yourself and, and love that aspect of yourself that felt neglected or felt threatened or vulnerable or any of these other type of experiences. If you had just dealt with it in a different way instead of just brushing it underneath the rug and expecting it to just disappear one day. The thing is, when you brush things underneath the rug, at some point there'll be so much dust beneath that rug that you'll be forced to see it because you will literally see the dirt piling up underneath and it will end up leaking out in spillages. And then it becomes more difficult to clean it up because there's now mold there or I don't know if that's factually true, but I, I doubt that the dirt will cause mold, but it will cause something. <laughs> it will make it a lot more difficult to get out than if you had just swept it up and, you know, put it inside of the bin or wherever you want to put it. You know, if you had just done that to begin with, it would have been a lot more easier. Other people might grow up in households where they were or felt neglected. One of the common potential consequences is, is for people to become attention seekers and be misbehaved or ostentatious. You see this a lot in school, right? We've all been inside a school, I'm assuming. Some of you might have been homeschooled or perhaps you haven't even had the opportunity to go to school. But if you have been in school, you would have seen, seen this a lot. Students who do the most to be seen usually stems from their life at home. Funnily enough, they're always inside of the SEN classes or they're inside of the inclusion unit a lot of the time because they're so misbehaved but a lot of the time we actually engage in conversation with their parents or find out about their family life you know that a lot of the time that they have been neglected or they're experiencing something at home and it's almost a cry for help they act out because their parents won't give them attention unless if they're doing something that they have to pay attention to you know they have to go to the complete extreme and a lot of people then grow up in their lives you know beyond home they're now 18 21 30 40 and they're unaware of these things that have been developed in them from young. Unfortunately, this then becomes something that they constantly project to other people. And the result of this, unfortunately, is damaged relationships. Sometimes it could be a romantic relationship, it could be a business relationship, it could be a normal relationship with your friend or your neighbour. This could also result in the rejection of opportunities because you're unable to behave in a certain way. And some people, they might even go to the extent of becoming criminals. People who engage in criminal activity and end up taking that path. You know, that could simply be one of the reasons. There are people who do it for many different ways, but some people actually end up going that route because it becomes what they're accustomed to. You know, then people label them saying that you're naughty and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And that over time, they become a whole new person that they initially weren't even. That's a different point. As we discussed in the episode Assembly Night with our guest Will, attention is energy. Same way how a baby cries to get attention from the parent, the same way a neglected child may be ostentatious or misbehave to gain the attention of their parents or peers. This is why it is imperative that we take the time out of our busy days to pause and reflect beyond our work, sex life, goals and desires. What did our childhood cause us to develop? Our lives are jam-packed with things to do, but constantly moving. We're never silent in our heads. We never have space to be silent, especially if you live inside of the city like London, right? I grew up in South London. I grew up in Brixton, Fort Eve, and even West London, I grew up in Feltham as well. Because I grew up in these places, 
where it can get noisy you know every time you're chilling inside of your house you hear sirens or you hear helicopters searching the area because somebody got stabbed or something like there's always something that is there that kind of prevents you from just sitting in stillness and being silent and just being one of your thoughts and being just present in the moment as we grow up we go through different brain waves right our dominant brain waves are constantly shifting as we develop as humans during the ages of two to six our dominant brain waves rest at the theta waves which is in essence the brainwave relating to hypnosis, learning and suggestibility. So what happens when our parents project their shadow selves onto us without their awareness? I know what happened with me for sure. I had the best of both worlds. My mum was very self-aware and consciously planted books, self-love and the ability to understand the consequences of my actions without resorting to violence and instead communicated with me. This is understandable where she's a teacher so she is used to dealing with children alongside having done the personal development herself to grow aware of her traumas. On the other hand, my dad had not dealt with his childhood traumas, at least not as much as my mum had I personally believe from my perspective. An unfortunate consequences of this is that he projected a lot of his insecurities and traumas and his repressed feelings onto me and this caused me to download the information and internalise it and as a result I too then had that right so he had anger issues. When I was younger, I had anger issues because I would see him lash out and punch walls and wardrobes or whatever, punch people. For example, there's been times when me and my sister might have been in the back of the car and my dad's driving somewhere and he would get a bit of road rage. This is a projection. This is a, a trigger. He's being triggered by something, right? And clearly, this isn't something that just comes up out of nowhere. This is a result of a collection of experiences. Repressed emotions, repressed desires, repressed aspects of his personality and experiences that he's experienced or, or been through on traumas and stuff like that. I think somebody must have overtaken my dad or cut him off at a red light or something like that. My dad parked up behind him, got out of the car, took the keys out of his ignition and threw it into the lake. Or I don't remember if it was a lake or, or a field or something. It was some, somewhere next to us, right? took it out threw it my dad was he was ready for war <laughs> but you know was he ready to war with this person because he was having a war inside of himself or was he really angry at this person specifically because of the thing that they did which to a degree is like you know the same thing could happen to many people many people respond in different ways and it's a reaction based off of how they have dealt with their repressed desires and repressed emotions and repressed traumas and all of these different situations that they've been through. A lot of the time how we deal with things is a result of our shadow. And if you we were all aware of that and if you all seek to understand this part of ourselves and accept and integrate this part of ourselves into our life, our best selves, we will find a lot more benefits than the negatives. The process of shadow work actually allowed me to understand what I had downloaded from my dad that was not part of me or even from my mum in some scenarios, or from certain situations at a school or wherever. Even better was learning of my dad's childhood experiences after he had passed away, and this helped me to understand him more and eventually forgive him despite our turbulent relationship and the hurtful things that he said or did to me. I understand now that he, that he meant well. He loved me, but struggled to express this effectively since his dad was not present to do the same with him, to show him how to do that, and his other traumas which resulted from his childhood trauma. So there's different ways to identify your shadow, your projection. Someone does something, whether indirectly or directly to you. Sometimes they might not even do anything. Sometimes they might just simply breathe. Your response is what? Let's take, for example, if somebody 
does something incorrect to you, right? Let's say you ask somebody to do something and they, they mess up. It could be a big mistake or it could be a slight mistake. You could re respond in multiple ways. You could just simply laugh and just forgive them and show them, you know, how they could have done it better in a calm manner. Or you could completely explode and be like, ah, you know, have a complete outrage and be completely blinded by your rage. How was your response? Do you get upset? Do you feel ashamed? Fearful of something? Do you, what is it? It actually provides you a lot of information if you pay attention to it. When somebody does something wrong, you might project and you might cuss them out and you might tell them that they're, that they're incapable, they're inferior, they're this and they're that. Sometimes those words that you're giving to them are really words that you're giving to yourself, that somebody gave to you at one point maybe, or made you feel. Did somebody in your childhood make you feel like you were incompetent? Make you feel like you was capable of nothing? Triggers. Triggers are another way to identify your shadow. What makes you feel irritated, angry, sad? This will often highlight emotional wounds that are still yet to heal. Grow aware of them. Triggers, they might not result in a projection, but it can result in the influence of your emotions and how you feel about certain things and your emotional response to things. You know, a lot of the time we are triggered by things and we're unaware why we're triggered. We're like, why does this even trigger me? <laughs> and another way to identify your shadow as a development from these previous two identifications, which are projection and triggers, are patterns. Observe them too, because the, your projections and your triggers will come in patterns. They probably won't be one-time things. You will see them come up again and again and again and again and again. Something happens, your automatic response is what? And you'll see this happen again and again and again. So whenever you see these things, journal them down if you have to. You know, I remember I did, I did voice memos. I literally have a voice memo on my phone talking about my own triggers and the result of them and all sorts of things. Use your phone, you know, if you have to. If you don't have a book or a journal, if you want to just use your voice, you can do that too. Observing patterns are important when it comes to shadow work because it really does highlight the things that you don't realize are going on unconsciously. Like for example, let's take for example the people pleaser. The people pleaser will have certain patterns of letting people walk all over them and take advantage of them. You know, these these are things that come in patterns. You know, when there's an argument that happens, they're they're afraid to speak up, they're afraid to engage in anything that is that feels like conflict, you know becomes an issue for them and because of that they don't really know how to or they struggle with setting their boundaries and making sure that they get a favorable outcome out of whatever is occurring and i feel like when you do the the shadow work and you observe these patterns only then are you able to truly come out of that and to work through it and develop yourself to get to the point where that's no longer going to be your reality that's when you have the opportunity to make changes in your life that really do improve the quality of life that you live and also build your own self-confidence and, and self-esteem and so forth. So once you grow aware of these three, you can then prevent yourself from acting out in undesirable ways, but also grow to understand and accept parts of yourself you unconsciously or consciously reject. Now, if you continue to shame, reject or judge it, it only grows darker and stronger. You know, it literally reinforces your shadow. If that's the case, then you should do the opposite. Grow at peace with the dark side of yourself. See its strengths and utilize them integrate them with your light self and then you know truly accept it and and give love to it and give attention to it meditation can be key to helping to observe your shadow self by sitting down and just observing your thoughts as they arise recognizing for what they are just thoughts because they aren't you they're just thoughts and sometimes these thoughts will come in they'll trigger you 
and they'll make you feel a certain type of way or give you feelings that remind you of your childhood or certain traumas that you have don't avoid them don't just brush them beneath the rug really just feel and experience them and and grow to understand them and be aware of them you know they say don't run away from your demons learn their names you know it's a similar concept how can you be your full self your whole self your authentic self if you only are presenting your light self both to your peers and to yourself that doesn't make sense you're, you're not your whole self you're only a piece of yourself so the point of this is to integrate your shadow self with your light self not just having one side existing and the other side is repressed in the background and grows stronger and stronger and stronger in the dark about your awareness no we don't want that that's undesirable what we want to do is we want to integrate the two together so that means these two can coexist together and be used in the appropriate scenarios for example with me i know that my shadow self i have anger issues right or i used to have anger issues one of the ways how i've grown to accept and integrate this part of myself with my light self is by only utilizing that side of me if it's necessary you know for example if somebody is threatening my my family or my loved ones and they're about to do something violent to them i would transmute that into strength and courage and and bravery and i would step forward and either defuse the situation or i would disarm them or do whatever do whatever is necessary to protect them so there's a situation right where me and my dad go into argument and he was downstairs with my little sister i think she was only about five or six years old at this point of time I, I was upstairs i was crying i was sulking in my bedroom and then i hear downstairs him talking to my little sister saying how i'm a waste man and i'm this and i'm that and that really affected me you know imagine your dad calling you these things and really meaning it i believe i was only about 14 at this time 14 13 maybe 15. And i remember the emotional response and how it made me feel now i'm not just gonna reject this part of myself this part that felt felt like that person no i'm gonna you know accept it and i'm gonna be like okay cool this is how i felt i don't really want to feel that way again so whenever i do feel like that i'm going to respond in a way that shows that i'm not that with my work ethic i work really hard right i think that is a result of a lot of my childhood experiences especially with my father you know that's almost a manifestation of that i use that as endurance i use that as motivation it's like with david goggins he's got all of these different traumas that he's been through he's been through all these people calling him the m-word and and talking down on him saying that he was going to be nothing and he's no good and his father's this and his father's that he grew up in a conflicted household and all these different things right he then overcame that and then used that as his motivation he's got people giving him hate and this and that he calls it taking their souls right he pushes harder and he pushes beyond their expectations and it causes their souls to be crushed because they they wanted you to fail but because now you're not feeling in fact you're thriving it almost takes their energy and instills that into you you know it's the same thing with this whenever i feel like that you know people i've seen already there's some people who who hate on me already I take that energy and I transmute that into more strength and more innovation and more creativity. So, you know, there's different ways of going about it. Now, when it comes to dealing with shadow work, another way of doing it is seeking therapy. You know, this is actually something that you should look towards doing. It might cost you a little bit, but I think it's really worth it because it, it saves you a lot in the long run. You know, it really grows you. Obviously, if the therapist is a good therapist, not every therapist is good. So if you do encounter a therapist and, you know, you're not really happy with what's going on, I do recommend either finding a new therapist or maybe finding ways to become your own therapist. 
you know, start reading more about how the process of how they do it. And there are plenty of books out there for that. Go into a bookshop and, and you know, do a nice little Google search. Find out what kind of questions therapists ask their patients. So with that being said, I want you to come away from this podcast episode and I want you to really sit down with yourself. If you have to, take down a journal, right? Take down a piece of paper and a pen and write down things that trigger you. Or if you project onto people, whether you call them stupid or whether you call them, or even voice that's inside of your head that's talking to you, right? Whenever you hear certain thoughts that's undesirable and unfavorable, note them down. In fact, you can even kind of reverse engineer it. You can write down on a piece of paper five things that would embody the perfect version of you. After you've done that, then list down the opposite of that. What are five things that are opposite? Like the complete antithesis. Most of the time, those are the things that you kind of felt. You know, these are things that you, you saw yourself as unworthy, incompetent, disloyal, not trustworthy, all of these things like that you feel guilty of and you feel ashamed of. You know, that's based off of your own individual values because if it was something that was just by nature, everybody would have the same answer, but you'll find that not everybody does. You find that everyone's answer differentiates. So just take a second and really observe yourself and observe the different things that you have going on within you. And that way we can change how we move forward. This way we can build better relationships with people. You know, even instead of romantic relationships, a lot of time we project things onto our partner because that's the person that's closest with us, right? It's almost a reflection of ourselves. When we're with somebody and they're a reflection of ourselves, we will project the things that we see or feel about ourselves onto them. And it's important to be aware of this because in a relationship, you don't want to tear your partner down. You don't want to project the things into them that you hadn't projected into you or you had developed over time. You want to heal through that first. Sometimes you can then instead build them up or build your kids up and do you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's a slow process. And this is one of the key things that I feel like personally is one of the key things to breaking these generational curses that lingers over you and really restructuring your DNA to respond to certain things in a specific way. Because some of these things are also passed on through, through you from, from family members, you know, such an epigenetic. So with that being said, this is School of Higher Thought. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Make sure to follow our other social medias. On Instagram, we're School of Higher Thought. On Twitter, we're Higher Thought PC. On YouTube, we're also School of Higher Thought now. So we're also on YouTube now. So guys, make sure to follow the YouTube page at School of Higher Thought. And on TikTok as well, we've also now got TikTok. So please do make sure to follow School of Higher Thought. I will also put a link in the description so you can also go in a link tree and see the different websites and social medias that we are now on so please do to you know keep updated with everything that we've got going on all of the content that we're producing for you guys it's all there for you you know we don't even get paid from doing this at the moment so this is literally all for you with that being said class is in session peace